So when I was a kid, I was terrified of being home alone. As a latchkey kid, I would let myself into a big empty house after school because both my parents were away at work. My mom, a chronic warrior, had impressed upon me all the various disasters that would await me if I opened the door to a stranger. So my imagination ran wild with every creak or noise or thunk, ghosts playing pipes, like my imagination was going wild. On more than one occasion, I would crawl underneath my bed, dragging the phone as far as I could stretch its cord, because there were no cell phones yet, in order to call my mom to come home because I swore something was in the house. I eventually grew too big to fit underneath the bed, out of this stage as well, but that fear of being alone, it goes beyond childhood. In high school, when I was in high school anyway, formal dances like proms brought both excitement and dread because tickets were only sold in pairs. You could not buy a single one. You had to buy a pair, meaning you had to find a date. Nowadays, kids can go in packs, groups, not just as couples, thankfully, but the pressure remains the same. You do not go alone. It is similar to going out to eat or to the movies. Now, I'm not talking about going to Chipotle, like getting yourself a burrito and sitting down by yourself to eat lunch. I mean like for a more formal, sit-down, nice restaurant experience. Most of us feel uncomfortable going solo. Having the waiter come by your table and asking if you are waiting for the person to join you, well, it's hard to not become a little self-conscious about being alone. Going to the movies may be easier, because the lights go down, everyone's focused upon watching the screen, but the idea of being really alone can make people feel anxious. Perhaps this is why we've devised so many ways to avoid it. Even the appearance of being alone can feel threatening, which is why people instinctively pull out their phones and start scrolling or plug in their earbuds if they are waiting. If they're waiting for another person or a bus or even on an elevator. To be alone for even a minute can feel too long. The irony, however, is that even with all these distractions, many people still feel lonely. It is a true paradox that sometimes a person can feel most alone when they are surrounded by a crowd. Despite how busy we keep ourselves, one can still feel isolated and cut off from any genuine connection to another human being, which may make the spiritual discipline of solitude feel like the last thing you would want to engage in. But being alone is not the same thing as solitude. Being alone is not the same as solitude. There are plenty of times you are physically alone throughout the day, in your room, at the library, driving a car, but that kind of, the kind of solitude that we're considering today as a spiritual discipline, that is more a state of being. The 17th century French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal wrote, distraction is the only thing that consoles us for our miseries, and yet it is itself the greatest of our miseries. He also remarked that all of people's problems come from their inability to sit quietly in a room alone. I think this is why solitude is such an important spiritual practice. 
It's an important one to cultivate because when we do not allow any space in our days, in our minds, in our hearts, our existence begins to feel shallow, unmoored, and empty. We long for something deeper and more meaningful, but the frenzy of activity that we run around in often leaves us more disconnected. And often when we do not create space to sit quietly with our whole selves, well, we end up making more of a mess of things, as Pascal suggested. So in today's scripture passage from the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is literally driven out into the wilderness, as if solitude were a necessary part of the human experience. After fasting for 40 days, he is understandably famished, and it is at this moment that the devil comes to keep him company, and he whispers sweet temptations into his ear. Turn these stones into bread to soothe your aching belly. Flex those angel wings. Prove yourself worthy and powerful. In other words, do something. But notice how Jesus responds. He does not start running around making loaves of bread and taking miraculous jumps off the spires of the temple. Having spent a significant amount of time in solitude, he knows on a visceral level what is essential for his being. And he's able to recognize and sidestep a distraction when it pops up. So when the devil tempts him to believe that material things and status are what matter the most, Jesus is grounded enough in his identity as God's beloved that he remains faithful. It is also where it becomes clear that he is never truly alone, that God's presence surrounds him. The spiritual discipline of solitude, it can do the same things for us if we are willing to cultivate the practice. So Nina talked about how we're doing spiritual disciplines in the next month, and this is one of them that we encourage you to try out. There'll be others that we talk about to really grow your spiritual life. I think engaging in solitude is probably one of the most powerful ways to face our fears of being alone and our own inner demons because I think we all have that fear of being alone and we have our own inner demons. And solitude is really about becoming more aware of God's presence, so it's kind of this paradox. Solitude's about becoming more aware of God's presence. The voices that whisper, that plague us, that we are unlovable, that we have screwed up too badly, that we're not good enough, and that if we dare stop running around, we will just be an empty void. Those voices that make us want to hide under our bed, well, they begin to fade away when we engage in the spiritual discipline of solitude because we begin to see, hear, and sense God's movement all around us. We realize that God has crawled down beside us and gently coaxes us to come out into the open. With enough practice, solitude paradoxically becomes a place where we most viscerally understand that we are never alone, that we are the beloved of God's. So how do we begin? How do we begin to go solo? It's more than just being alone. One way to think about it is along the lines of bird watching. Is anybody a bird watcher here? All right, you guys are the pros, because I'll be honest, I've never done bird watching. But even though I've never done bird watching, I know that being quiet and being still are important. Am I right, my bird watchers? Like if you're rustling around and being like, that's not really good bird watching. I know that's important so that you can look 
and listen carefully, otherwise you will miss the song of a bird or the sighting of one. So solitude, like birding, is not simply about being physically alone. It is about cultivating a quiet and stillness in your core being so you can become more aware. It's pretty straightforward, but deceptively challenging. Birders, right? Deceptively challenging. So on a pragmatic level, it means, take, it means taking intentional and specific steps. Carve out a time on your schedule, like if you need to write it down in your calendar. Set it aside for solitude. Find a space that is quiet, where you will not be interrupted, and rid yourself of all the distractions, your phone, your Apple Watch, or whatever watch, your laptop, TV, et cetera, whatever those things that tempt us, put those away. Then pay attention. Really pay attention to your thoughts, your feelings, your breathing, your body. Listen to what quiet sounds like, right? Quiet actually has a sound. Listen to what quiet sounds like in the particular place that you've chosen, and then let all your senses open up. We have many senses. After spending some time settling yourself into the state of being, you might choose to meditate upon a scripture, or if you're near nature, focus upon God's creation and your surroundings. Open yourself to experiencing God's spirit. This works best if you try it regularly. I would suggest starting once a week for 15 minutes. Then if that goes well and you've done it for a bit, increase it by another five minutes in a month. And as you develop this practice, I think it will become a necessary part of your week. You will begin to look forward to it, though maybe not at first. And when you finally do feel like it's become a rhythm, you might set a goal to go on a solo retreat for half a day. If you're daring, maybe a whole day. As you grow into this discipline, I think you will find that you will be able to engage it, and not just when you have to get away. It will be able to be something you could do in the in-between moments, when you first wake up in bed, maybe walking to class or even driving in traffic, even in a crowd. You'll become sensitive to God's presence and voice of the reality that Christ is always with you no matter where you are. So, in the spirit of actually trying, we're going to do this right now for five minutes. Like I said, it's not just about being alone because we are here together, but we're going to try a little bit of solitude for five minutes. And it may not seem like much, but for some of you, it will probably feel like an eternity. But in the next five minutes, I want us to practice feeling what it, become, what it is like to become still and quiet in the core of our being. So if you need to put a phone somewhere else so it's not vibrating against you or watched, I would encourage you to do that now. Get yourself situated. I mean it. We're really doing it. Put away the distractions. And as we do this, I want you to pay attention to the thoughts that run through your head. Pay attention to your feelings, what it is like to simply sit and be. And if you become uncomfortable, notice it. And then be curious and wonder why. Why is it that you're uncomfortable? And if your mind races from one thing to the next, just notice that. If you find yourself falling asleep, well, maybe think about the scripture passage that we have for today from Matthew 4, 1 through 11, because this isn't sleeping time. Sleeping is good, but not right now. Solitude is like a muscle, and it needs to be exercised to become stronger. So we'll get started right now. After five minutes, you'll hear the bell, and the music team will come on up.
so here we go.